Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about a Vikings victory, not just a regular run-of-the-mill, although there's really not regular run-of-the-mill victories this year, but not just your average victory, right? It's a victory over the Green Bay Packers, so it feels even better. And, you know, according to all Packer fans on Twitter, the rest were just screwing them left and right. We got guys missing on our defense. They actually have a better offensive line and all this shit. Well, Cousins has a better line than us. Have you been watching our games? To all that stuff, injuries, penalties, come on, dude. But I'll tell you what. What do you know? It came down to the last play of the game. Seven of them. Seven out of our ten games have come down to the last play. Nine out of ten within a score. It's just been nuts. But, hey, the Vikings got it done. And they got it done with a kick at the end. And we can actually say that. There's no knocking on wood on that. We can actually say it. I think we even brought that up last week. Like, the field goal at the end? I don't know. But, oh, man, that was a great win. So, obviously, the offense was on full display. We'll talk all all the good stuff. There was some, you know, bad stuff here and there, of course. Uh, The defense, it was a tale of two halves. Um, You know, the second half, Zimmer did take some blame. But, man, the second half, three possessions, three touchdowns. Of course, we all know about that one 75-yard play that just was like, are you effing kidding me? But we're going to talk it through, right? Then we're, of course, going to preview this next game that we got in San Francisco. San Francisco 49ers, who just happened to be the same record as the Vikings, 5-5. Five and five. And if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that we closed the show talking a little bit of going over football and it's Wisconsin week, so this is a big one, regardless of what can happen in a four-way tie. God bless a four-way tie, because it's really helping us rather than a two-way tie. It's kind of funny how that works. But, um, yeah, man, it was just, it's just good to be back to 500, winning these last two games. We talked about that four-game stretch where if we could just somehow go two and two, we'd be in good shape. And here we are in pretty good shape the next four games. Can we go in two and two? Will we go one and three? Will we go three and one? We're going to talk it all the way through. If this is your first time listening, though, to the Purple People Leaders podcast, welcome. It's available in a wide variety of places. You can listen to it right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope it up, though. If you don't want to and download the show there or listen to the browser, you can find this year Vikings podcast on the Rope with Dope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, tune in other places as well. Um, when it comes to Rope with Dope, we're also part of the Grueling Chew Sports Podcast Network. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingchew.com. And last year sometime, Aaron opened up Living in Loserville on Spricker. It's an official page on Spricker. It's called Living in Loserville. The bike stuff that we're doing is there. Of course, when we get into January, well, we're going to go deep in January. You guys know that, right? Um, but the Timberwolves and Gophers will come later in the winter and whatnot. A lot of that is there as well. And some of his podcasts that you might be into. That's Living in Loserville um, on the Spricker page. And one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or, you know, you have, you're not quite happy, I got some 
than for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on-demand, no annual contract, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate Package, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max Plus. You get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees, which you've seen that's been more and more cable outlets have been cutting that. Um, and if you go to the Premier Package, that'll give you Showtime and HBO part of the package. That's direct TV stream. Okay. Let's go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron. And, uh, well, we're used to these, you know, just hold on for your dear life type games. But I got to say, it sure does feel doing it better, you know, against our, our hated rival in Green Bay. Yeah, I just want to say, what was, what was that that we saw? I mean, where has that been all year? I haven't seen a team that determined and uh, just full of uh, energy uh, all season. And it's like, well, do you have to wait to play to Green Bay all the time to, to to get that and playing at home or whatever it was? You know, offensively, it seemed like we made all the right calls, maybe not all, but uh, quite a few good calls and being aggressive down the field, a lot of targets to Jefferson, et cetera. Uh, defensive played with some spark and a little bit of grit. And just like, well, where it's not like you didn't see that maybe in games before, but it just didn't seem like the same sort of energy. So it was good to see, but at the same time made you wonder, where has that been all season? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of it. Like, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it's the consistent energy, of course, defensively in the second half was like, well, what's going on? So I guess we didn't play great as a team like we've been talking about, but um yeah, I mean, it, it is really hit or miss, man, it, to, to do it the whole way. I mean, we played such a great, you know, quote-unquote ranked defense. That's that's also what I think you're talking about offensively is to do what we did against that defense. Uh, you know, it's definitely like, hey, let's stick to this. Those two back-to-back weeks where we weren't ourselves, let's not go back. Of course, sometimes they're going to, you know, I mean, Green Bay, it's funny, Zimmer, talked about someone asked him hey why didn't they bracket and double and all that well if you got a great defense a lot of times you don't do that unless you're just getting destroyed and he said you're gonna have to ask that because i don't i don't know why they didn't do it but hey we'll take it so some of that of course we know you're not going to be overly aggressive if you're constantly going in double teams but even that intermediate route across the the field i mean we yeah it was just aggressive aggressive sometimes even too aggressive, but in a game like that, especially how the second half was going, where we couldn't stop them, we had to. We just had to, and it was funny because we kind of, uh, well, we found out who Kenny Clark is pretty close. Is it Kenny Clark? Yeah. Yeah, this guy, we, yeah, found, out who he was. <laughs> we found out who he was right away. Um, but we kind of, you know, both teams traded field goals to make it 3-3. Um, we had a, a nice play to Jefferson, like, for 43 yards. Uh, Cook had a great block on that play, by the way. Of course, we had a little sack. It, you know, stalled the drive. And Breland actually had a nice uh, knock away early. Breland actually played really good. They end up, that was their first drive. So it was like, okay, 3-3, three, three, we both established something. And then we did get Green Bay to punt. I think it was like six or seven plays they punted. Uh, once again, a, a ball going deep. They were trying to go for Breland early. Um, he did a, he was playing really good the whole game, but he knocked down another ball. But Pete, there was like a pretty weak call, a PI on Peterson. 
It is what it is. Almost an interception by Breland, by the way. But when we got to Rodgers and that sack fumble and the ball just magically went back to him, of course, that whole first half defensively, Aaron, they were bringing pressure and they were making them really uncomfortable. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was getting to. I mean, even the tackling was better. I mean, the front seven played the best I saw him play all year. I mean, you didn't see the back squirting out for an extra two yards. Uh, I think I saw one possession where they gave up an eight-yard run on first down. But other than that, it was three, four manageable first-round runs or first-down runs that, you know, weren't like breaking the back of the defense. And, you know, they did some things up front, I thought, with, you know, Richardson playing on the on the outside a little bit and getting some pressure from the middle. And they just seemed to do a lot of things that you just hadn't seen uh, earlier in the season. And so that's kind of why I let off that way. I was like, well, where's this been? I mean, if you have these ideas, why wait till Green Bay to implement them? Or maybe that's just the way the season has gone as far as, far as you know, coming up with new ideas. But uh, I thought the front seven played really, really well. Tackling was a lot better. Uh, Peterson definitely helps the secondary. There's just no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, Harrison Smith backs also seem to be a good deal, too. So, I mean, defensively, I thought they played the best they've played all season. And offensively, you know, they did come out earlier in the season, maybe Arizona, where they played pretty good offensively. But I just thought overall, they finally put a game together. Now they only won by three, but it just seemed like, you know, the complimentary football, quote unquote, was actually something they accomplished this week. Yeah, um, so it was 3-3, got him to punt. Vikings uh, go down and, and really made pretty fairly quick work of it. I mean, 3-20, six plays, seven plays, something like that. There was a nice first down uh, catch on a third down. That was another thing, a third down, man. That was huge, uh, actually, for both sides, unfortunately. But nice little toe tapper by Thielen. And then we, uh, like we did early in the in, in last week, this week as well, early in the game, boom, we go deep to Jefferson, almost stretched it enough. Uh, maybe if he, he took another step or whatever, it was like the step right before he's about to jump is where you could see he got caught up. And that must have hurt the, the, the cornerback a little bit because he got him right in the you-know-whats. But um, he almost reached out there, but in the end, it really didn't matter. Cook got it in right away. But, of course, we're up only 9-3, to three, Aaron, because we had a missed extra point. But, we're, you know, we kind of take those in stride now. You know, it is what it is. You kind of just shake your head and go, what the hell was that? Now, the Packers came back with a, with a very impressive drive. Five minutes, 12 plays, 61 yards. Um, but they actually had a deep ball, uh, I think, in there, like a 39-yard deep ball. Uh, but – on a third down, Sheldon had a pressure that kind of made him throw it away. And it was really nice to hear that bonk, you know, hitting the goalpost, not going in. They've had their struggles only this year. They crossed these years with a stud, but he's, he's missed like eight of them this year or something like that, which is pretty surprising. I know overall kicking is, is having a rough year this year across the league, but you know, we're not going to shed any tears over here, obviously. And off that missed field goal, though, I love how they just, okay, let's go deep to J.J. And, no, he didn't catch it. They didn't catch it. But you know what? It was a pass interference. 
And it's like, okay, here we go. Now, now we're, we got something going. Um, now we did get a lucky play here. There was like a miscommunication. I don't know if Cousins threw it early and he thought he was going that way. Or there, like I said, some sort of something happened there because you could see Jefferson went straight and then I think he turned right and the ball was already delivered. Jefferson's like, well, what the ball? I don't even know the thing's coming. What the hell's going on? And uh, it was a pick, but much like, you know, it works against us, the helmet to helmet. And I saw some people, like, ju- looking at that play like that wasn't – it's like, dude, that's helmet to helmet, dude. This is the NFL. That's helmet to helmet. Yeah, we'll take it. We got lucky. We'll take it. That That's part of it. And on a third and goal, feeling touchdown, it just felt like, okay, 16-3. to three, We got him on a three and out right away. Of course, we three and out. And then the dreaded last two minutes there of the second quarter. Well, I mean, this happened all season. It's almost predictable at this point. I don't know what it is. And I think we did spend a show trying to speculate on what it was, but they give up points always at the end of the second quarter. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like, you know, the 72 yard bomb out of nowhere. It was just a, a drive that, you know, you could have found a way to stop, but it just didn't happen, and you end up giving up points. I mean, not a lot to say about it. It just needs to stop at it. I think they try to address it. I mean, obviously they are, but I don't know what you can do about it other than just try to ride it out. Yeah, and the fact that they only allowed, you know, that many points early, that that felt a little better, right? But here it is. Um, so with that touchdown, 57 points to lead the league. 57 points in the last two minutes before half. They flashed that. We they flashed that stat up that said four blown or no three the most in the league. Fourth quarter blows right. Penalty yards 75 a game and then 20. We got the most holding penalties and they flashed that little stat underneath there. So now it's 58 or 59 points. We've allowed in that time frame, but the, the 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 you know the underlying thing there is hey they only gave up three and it would have been only six even if they would have hit that field goal so you let some points in it's only ten points that's really not we got sixteen it's it's really not that big of a deal and once again we you know last time or two times ago against Baltimore it's a kickoff return but this you know that drive that we had. At the beginning of the, the the third quarter, though, that was a thing of beauty. 14 plays, 75 yards, 634 on the clock. And, you know, we also punched the thing in, too. Um, sometimes you can have these nice drives and it doesn't matter. I thought that was a big one. And you started to see Cook have about three or four nice runs on that play. And I think Jefferson got the touchdown on that one on third and goal. A lot of third down and goals and third down uh, success, uh, you know, this this uh, game here. But, dude, Cook really started grinding. And we talked about, okay, let's pass in the first half. We only had like 30 rushing yards. So we can open it up and start grinding those tough, tough runs. And I, I thought Cook was a workhorse on the low, even though he didn't break out for 120, you know, rushing yards. He still was grinding. Well, you know they had a, a lot of guys in the box to start off the game to stop Cook, and uh, it, it worked out fairly well. But Chris, really, I think it comes down to penalties here—the lack of penalties. I mean, 
if you're not second and 20, if you're not, you know, first and 20, uh, you know, it's amazing what you can do moving the ball down the field. And it just didn't seem like they got any holding calls. Uh, they didn't, uh, you know, self-destruct in, in any way, you know, false starts or anything like that. I mean, offensive line, as far as being focused, played well. I think there's some talent issues there. But, um, you know, that's how it can be if everybody's locked in and not getting penalties and blocking the right way. You don't end up with these long uh, for, you know, second 20 situations, you can kind of move the ball down. And, you know, Cousins played really well in that drive, particularly on third down, you know, getting the ball out, um, taking chances, throwing to receivers, um, and just giving guys chance to make plays. And, and for the most part, guys made plays. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you knew, okay, well, we got our two-score lead now. It's third quarter, so it's midway through. Okay, here they come. Here they come, and here they come. They came. Let's put it that way. A few chunk pass plays. Rodgers had that nice, I don't know, 20, 25-yard scramble for a first down. There was a reverse for Xavier. You talk about the missed tackles, and you're right. That was a major improvement, but Xavier Woods was not necessarily that guy this, this week. That reverse that he missed the tackle. In another one, he just overplayed it. It was like, what's going on? And Rodgers had, in the second half, that's where the defense fell apart and the pressure fell apart. Zimmer did mention how he probably should have just kept doing what he was doing, but he was, usually you got to adjust when you go against Rodgers, you know. So the amount of time Rodgers had when he found Adams in the, in the end zone, I was getting a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. It was 23-17. to 17. Uh, Then Cousins, though, just uh, what I thought was a really stupid uh, pass in the double coverage to Thielen. Luckily, Thielen knocked it down. But I was like, really, dude? That's not. No, uh-uh. Um, but, you know, we actually did get a nice first down. Jefferson, again, he kind of darted into him. And Cousins had Thielen, but he he had to get rid of the ball because the pressure, and he just wasn't able to get the timing right, unfortunately. And that was – I thought he was hurt, hurt. I know he lost his win, but I thought he was hurt when it was not – not just your regular sandwich, Aaron, a tr- – Triple sandwich, three-layer sandwich on Cousins when he, he fumbled that ball. I was like, oh, dude, I think he's finally hurt. And he got up looking like he kind of lost his win. But I got to admit, at that point, it, it wasn't looking good. And we had him on like a, a second and 15, no problem. You know, it, it started getting out of hand at that point uh, defensively. And when we couldn't move the ball really, you know, really much – all of a sudden, they had the ball trying to get the lead. Yeah, I mean, that sack was, you know, if it wasn't for Darisaw falling on the ball, which I think, you know, he probably gave up the sack. And he plays, he's been playing really, really well. And, uh, you know, it's it's great. You know, we kind of got lucky. Uh, we lose Riley Reef, We draft Christian Darisaw. We lose Stefan Diggs. We draft Justin Jefferson. We got kind of lucky. Uh, we don't want to bring up Gladney or anything like that, but. Drafting wise, we've been pretty lucky and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't too down about the sack. Now, if we gave up, up the, the ball and it was a turnover, that would have been different, but, uh, having to punt there wasn't the biggest problem in the world, although they were starting to heat up, uh, on the other end. So I, at that point, you're just like, come on, let's see if we can, you know, get this through and, uh, come out, defense, get a stop and, and we can get, continue with the game and maybe get another one of those drives because the offense was moving the ball at that point. Cook was getting some yards, 
and uh, we, you know, running the ball was a possibility at that point. That's a good call because it was eight plays and it did take a ch- almost four minutes off the, you know, off the clock. But I, I guess it was just that pressure that I'm seeing. Like we, we see a lot of pressure, obviously. Well, we're not seeing it, but you know, as we're watching the game. But the second half, it seemed like it ramped up, and I thought the next time he gets hit like that, that might not be so lucky. Um, but of course, you know they, uh, and this is what I was talking about, Xavier Woods. He overplayed a play on third down, and it was like, dude, we already got a guy there. What, what are you doing overplaying it? And he went right by him. I think it was Cobb. Um, and then they had that Cobb option to Dylan for the first down. I'm like, okay, that was a good play. That was a good play call. I'll give you that, you bastards. You know, I was like, okay. Um, and then Adams on a three, a third and six got hit really hard, held on to the ball. Um, it looked like Rogers down by the goal line was trying to call a timeout. Well, he did call a timeout, but the ball was already snapped, so it was in the air. And I think it was Alexander on that play where it, to me, it's, it's really bothersome when Adams, their best wide receiver and one of the best wide receivers in the whole league, is completely wide open. And and maybe the the timeout thing, they you got to play through the whistle. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could see like as a cornerback or maybe one of those players. I don't know. We got pressure on him. Actually, no, I take that back. Because Griffith got pressure on him, so it was like there's really no excuse to leave that guy wide open. And here we are. Got a nice two two score lead. Nope, not anymore. It's twenty four to twenty three. And like I said, we literally just left left their best guy wide open in the end zone. Yeah, I mean to me that just seems like that's probably a coverage error, but then you're right about the pressure. I mean, he did have to step up in the pocket. I think he moved to the left a little bit and up in the pocket and to leave you know, Max done that a few times where he's you're like, where were you? What happened? And, uh, you know, he's supposed to be a veteran there. I mean, trained by Zimmer, so he should be uh, able to understand coverages. So I, I don't know if it was a, a Zimmer call there or if it was, you know, Mac just not being able to, to stick with. But you don't want to see uh, Devontae Adams alone in the end zone. And with Rodgers will hit him. I mean, he just puts it where he wants it. And that pass yeah. was a perfect example of just, oh, see it, throw it, boom, done. And, uh He's very talented. You can't do that against Rodgers. You can't blitz him, and we'll talk about that later. And he's a tough guy to defend, and, you know, you're going to give up some things. Yeah, that's really well, like you said, really well put about where he wants it. The guy with just – that dude's a stud, man. You can say whatever you – he's obviously like a, uh, the biggest prima donna quarterback <laughs> almost of all time. Usually that's wide receivers, right? But the dude – has burnt us so many times. But usually we play good against him once, and then he tags us for once. This was kind of a mixture uh, because at the end of the game, he had a ton of yards and touchdowns. But, man, we played so good early. That's why I think Zimmer brought that up. Like, uh, But, you know, it's okay. It was okay. The Vikings, you know, down now 24-23. We're like, here we go again. Are we just going to, you know, are we going to score a touchdown? Are we going to kick a field goal? What are we going to do here? And they respond with 12 plays, 75, 79 yards over five minutes. And uh, Thielen made a great first down catch, kind of like dove early on a second down when he kind of got more yards, but he ended up making a nice catch beyond that anyway. Um, there was that one play where nobody picked up the guy. They even <laughs> Nobody picked up the defender. They even replayed it like, I'm not sure who was on that guy. 
but nobody was on him. And I was like, what is going on? And I think that was on that third and third uh, three play that JJ uh, got the got the catch on that because it was just like just get it out there. Um, but even on that uh, that Jefferson uh, play where Cousins just got hit again right at release and Jefferson, there's so many great things he does, but you know he's not a big guy, right? But he keep much like Chris Carter and obviously Brandon Moss was a specimen, but he was so good, Aaron, at keeping his hands down and keep running the route until the last second. And he always, whether it's back, shoulder, whatever, he it just seems like he consistently has, you know, he's first to the ball. He's not, like, out-muscling these guys. He's just instinctive. And, like I said, to keep his eyes down and his hands down until the last second, makes that catch and was like, nope, I'm getting in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's sport, sports cliche, you know, he's – He's not big. He's just long. He's got long arms, long legs. He's a long strider. It throws off timing and defensive backs. He's good with his body, boxing out, finding ways to get open. Uh, and like you said, first to the ball. I mean, these are all like wide receiver fundamentals, and he's just really good at it. He high points the ball when he needs to. And I remember his rookie season, I'm like, God, this guy's got to catch with his hands more because he just goes to the body. But I don't worry about it at all. He's, he knows when to use his body to catch a ball and when to use his hands. And that was a great play because I thought he pushed off at first. I'm like, I'm waiting for the flag. Right. But uh, he didn't. He just kind of uh, adjusted to the ball in such a way that created space, got the ball, got in the end zone. Great play. Jefferson continues to make them. And the more – I'm beginning to think that the more chances you give him, the better off it's going to be. Just throw it up there. You throw a pick from time to time, it's going to happen. But uh, you just give him a chance to make a play on the ball nine out of ten times seems like he's going to do it. So, And then, you know, the end zone to him is he's got a lot of tricks to get in there too. One didn't really work so well, but, uh, you know, he'll find a way in the end zone. And that's – these are all positive qualities from Jefferson. You can talk all day about how good he is, but uh, he continues to prove that on a week-by-week basis. Especially early in the game. It's almost like getting your shooting guard going, you know, like, hey, let's just do it. And if it's one-on-one – like you said, just throw it because he's going to knock it down or he's going to get a P.I. or whatever. Um, yeah, man, it, it's worth it. Like you said, just a long punt, um, which is obviously much different than the ball that was thrown to Thielen when it was like almost a jump ball with an angle. It was like, nah, dude, that that's not going to work. But other than that, there was a couple of balls. Obviously, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, but so you're like, okay, dude, and, and even Aaron even got the two-point conversion, right, which we never get to. The two point conversion feels like, even though I, I know Cook jogged in. Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> Nobody is like, oh my god, that was the easiest two point conversion I think we've ever had. And we're like, okay, dude, you got that separation. It's thirty one twenty four. Okay, defense, they've had the ball twice, dude. What are you gonna do? They've scored twice, both good drives. It's freaking time to give up a seventy five yard <laughs> catch. <laughs> On one play. And like we spoke before one play. we started recording this, dude. At least let the guy catch the ball at the 50. Okay, cool. But tackle him. Like, screw making a play on the ball. You're not even close to the ball. You should be focused on, okay, I got to at least tackle him. And that was just the, I mean, talk about momentum swim swing. And, and we all know P.J. Fleck doesn't believe in momentum. But, 
that had to have just sucked a lot of the air out of that stadium, dude. Oh, I mean, it would have sucked the air. I mean, it sucked the air out of me. I'm just, I started laughing. I just, it was comical exactly. at that point. And, you know, you break it down. Peterson, uh, Patrick Peterson said, you know, came out a little aggressive, which I think is code for, we called the blitz and we probably shouldn't have called the blitz on that play. <laughs> uh, yep. And like we said last week, you can't really blitz. You can't obviously blitz Rodgers. You might be able to disguise some things and get away with it, but you come out in a blitz that he's seen before. He knows exactly where to go with the ball. He's been doing this for 14 years. Is that a lot new under the sun for him? So if you're going to do that, you better make sure you get home because if not, that's a 70-yard touchdown, and that's exactly what it was. Oh, my God, that was just heartbreaking. You're like – so you're telling you're telling me it's tied that quick, huh? Is that what you're telling me? Like that? Seriously, dude? Like it had to be that? Um, <laughs> and um, you know, it was like, okay, you know, it's it's not over. We're good in the in the last part of the game, but damn, they just sat down. They're just getting some Gatorade in them. That was a long drive, dude. Like, give them a little time to to play. You know, get a couple plays together for the next drive. Um, but Cook had a screen pass that he made a nice run at. And Cook, dude, the, the number was like 66 out of his 60 or 86, something like that, rushing yards were all after the contact. I mean, this guy, like I said, it, I think he had 25 touches, well over 100 yards because of that. But on the low, I really like what Cookie did today, dude. Like I said, it's not flashy. But we kept it going, and whenever you're, you know, whenever there's that many yards of your yards after it, dude, that that was huge. And he made a nice play there. Um, <laughs> and then you had that. Well, there was also that that nice steal and catch and run. That freaking like two things on that drive. The the feeling shit, right? We'll get to that. But then I think it was Savage who savagely jumped the route, wrestled it away kind of, you know, looking like he had the pick. And you're like, okay, it finally happened. There's been no picks today. It finally happened, and now they got the ball. And you you just all sorts of stuff run through your head. Oh, my God, the game's tied. There's enough time. Holy shit, we're going to – they're going to they're gonna get the ball now. They're, they're going to definitely get the ball. And <laughs> – for that not to go down, that that was freaking huge, man. When it, when we start going, okay, hold on, maybe maybe they didn't grab the pick and shit. We dropped probably two picks, Breland at least one of them uh, again. But he's been playing better. I don't I don't want to pick on Breland too much, but that throw and catch and the timing where it was out before Thielen turned around, and that corner. He even said it uh, today. That corner jumped the route, but he was too ahead of it almost. And, and, and it was just so awkward. He thought he was going to stop right at the first down marker, which makes sense, right? Thielen said I, if the route was actually a little past it, and Cousins put it to his right side to where it was like usually, like he even mentioned, you usually wouldn't put that that in that area. You'd want to go to the sidelines, but that dude had jumped the route so much. He got it, and it just like breezed by him. Thielen keeps his balance. Gives it, you know, a couple more, what, 10, 15 yards rushing. And then all of a sudden the ball is at the 19, dude. Yeah, I mean, even that whole play looked awkward. I mean, just from start to finish. And the ball placement was interesting. I mean, I think it actually allowed Thielen to – where he put the ball, 
in relationship to the defensive back, actually allowed Thielen to make that turn. Had he put it inside, the defensive back would have made a tackle. So I don't know if it was dumb luck, and that's why we're kind of discussing, but it just kind of looked awkward. And Very uh, awkward. Thielen caught it up high and then made the turn. And his beautiful play kind of reminded me of Diggs in the big play that he made uh, against the yeah. Saints. But, yep. uh, but it was, you know – uh, it was a great play. And then the, the pick is like, I thought it was over at that point. I mean, you get four minutes left or something like that on the clock and you're going to give it back to Rogers with a chance to win. I mean, uh, we've been around long enough to know that that's virtually a done deal, but you know, you got to survive the ground is the quote. You got to survive the ground and you've got to, you got to hang on to that thing all the way through. And he didn't. And, you know, I just love Packer tears. I love them. They're just. Fantastic. They just can't get over that. Well, we should get that call or, right. you know, that's, uh, well, they're so used to getting calls. It's like they, they don't even uh, just come over to the Viking side for a second and see how you feel about officiating. Seriously, dude. And that, that was, that was like at the buck 50 something mark where the pick would have happened. It was, it was past the two minute, uh, actually, yeah, it was past, I think it was, Let's see, one, two, three. So there's two minutes and eight seconds left when that play happened. And then it went under the two. Cousins got it down, like I said, to the 19. Uh, Cook had a night, really nice run for 12 yards. Very patient run. And it was so funny, Aaron, on Twitter, people are freaking out like, you have to be aggressive here. It's like, dude, we got to like the four yard. How fucking more aggressive do you want to get? We're not stopping at the 28. I get that part, but when people are like, no, dude, you got to go, it's like Cook made this a super smart play because he probably could have just grinded his way in. He goes down at like the four or three, and there's like a, a minute something left still. You know, okay, here, I'm looking at it. A minute 26 left. Why in the world would you give a minute 26 to Aaron Rodgers? I mean, come on. That was a yeah. smart it was a very smart play, and you can tell that Cook had seen that movie before many times. And I don't know if he was told to do that or if he just was like, no, nope, I know this game. I'm No, because he said he really wanted that touchdown. I think he would have scored. He is a guy in the way he – but, you know, Cook is good at evading tackles. It's what he gets paid for. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great play. Whether he was told to do it or he just did it, that's, I think, the play that won the game. You cannot give the ball to Rodgers. It was the same with Favre. You can't give them the ball with 126 and a chance to win the game. I mean, that's why they get paid the money they get paid. You can't do it. Cook was perfect to do it. I don't care about aggression at that point. You're at the four. You need a field goal to win. Now, obviously, people probably are saying that because they don't have any faith in field goal kickers. And Sure. You know, I can sympathize with that. Yeah. Uh, even when he lined up for that kick, I wasn't confident. But, you know, you can't just live your life that way. And I think Cook made the right play. And anybody who has a problem with it, you know, look at the results. We won the game. Exactly. Exactly. 9 of 13 on third down, which is, I mean, that is about as good as it gets. Only three penalties. They had eight of them. Too bad. Like you said, those tears. 90 yards rushing, just enough. Still, you know, tried it 29 times. And it was, like I said, it was just enough and a little bit more than what we needed. So it was just like an all-purpose win. And it's just nice when this stuff goes back, you know, the way it should. And 
or go our way the way it should once in a while, right? And, and, and now here we are, five and five, where we were out of the playoffs by a spot two weeks ago. Now we're in the sixth spot. There's a six and seven spot. A lot of people going, you know, in and around that area, including San Francisco. But two and two, it, it was a weird way to get there. I don't, I still don't know how we lost that Dallas game. Even though we were playing like crap offensively, we still won up, you know, late in that game. It was just like, are you serious? How did we, how did we go two and two, but lose to a backup Dallas? That's just the Vikings right there, dude. But we got to two and two. Yeah, it is. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say it is. And you're right about the weird way you get to two and two. It wasn't any, nobody would have said going into those four game stretches that we were going to win the games that we won. Um, and lose the games that we lost for that matter. The Dallas game was weird. I mean, it's sort of all these games have been weird and close and, you know, either yeah. the defense isn't good enough this week or the offense isn't good enough this week or, you know, the game plan or the scripted plays. It's just been a bunch of different things. That, you know, maybe they're just fighting their way and hopefully they're peaking because, you know, they need to make a run coming up here. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so five and five, we're feeling pretty good. Um, that was the most pressures that we faced this year and the third most hits on a quarterback, but we got rid of the ball. We didn't get sacked six times or anything like that. For the most part, like you mentioned, Cole even got a little better with that Clark later where you take that second hit rather than just the first one. And I'm going to go smash your quarterback. Maybe we gave him some help too. cook and ham, both cook and ham. Definitely made some good plays there. Um, but overall, uh, overall, that was one of the best offensive displays that we've had uh, this season. And, um, you know, just targeting Jefferson early in game, such a key. Um, yeah, there it is. 66 out of 86 of his yards were after contact, Cup man. And, you know, the old line had its issues, but there was times where it did give a decent amount and really just the penalty. Um, Griff had a lot of mental errors. Already mentioned Xavier Woods. Not not a good Griff game. Griff is for a him. mental layer. Man, seriously, that is so well put, dude. It's just like, dude, and it's like he'll make up for it, but then he'll just fuck it up again, you know. Um, dude, I was yelling, dude. I was like, "You're over the ball. You're over the ball." Yeah. Uh, it's like, I don't. Maybe he thinks he can get, get away with it. I'm gonna get you the quarterback, though. You're like, no, dude, it doesn't can't do that. Look, I, I just think that, like, look. That's just him. Cousins, that was the best performance I've seen him have in a Viking uniform. Now, there's been some good games. Like, the Rams shootout was good. There was a Packers shootout in Lambeau maybe two years ago. That was pretty good. But as far as, like, things I want to see out of Kirk, a little bit of grit, standing in there, taking shots, you know, being a little bit more self-assured in what you do, uh, this is the best I've seen him play. I give him a ton of credit standing in there against some pretty tough pressure and just giving guys chances to make plays. I think that's all that Jefferson and Thielen were asking him to do is just throw it up and let's see what I can do with it. And uh, I think last year with back of the end zone, what Jefferson was yelling at Kirk is that same sentiment. It's just throw the ball. Let me make a play. And it might take a couple years, but you know, Kirk's been, what, this is his fourth season here. And uh, he's had Thielen that whole time, and he had a pretty good one before with Diggs, and, you know, Diggs had a problem with that too. And you just can't 
have, you know, great receivers and not give them chances to make plays. And I think that finally got into his head. Let's knock on wood that that continues. But I was very impressed. Just just fly it up there. I mean, even that touchdown we were talking about with Jefferson where, he, you know, body control, that wasn't a great pass. He underthrew him. But Jefferson made an adjustment on the ball and made a play and got a touchdown. And these are the type of things you have to trust these guys. There's two of the top maybe – God, you could say two of the top ten and possibly top five receivers in the league. Give them a chance. Well, and some of it is coverage, too, if we're fair. Because if they're doubling and taking away the deep ball, you're not going to keep chucking it deep. So it, it kind of goes back and forth. If you look, the last ten games of last year and then these ten games, the I mean, we talked about last year and how we finally got these motherfuckers to get off the line and not always every single play, every single down for the first, you know, for the first three quarters, they're, they're, they're stacking in the box. And we, last year, we finally, since literally we talked about it since far that 2009 year, we couldn't get people off the fucking line. And yeah, we still ran the ball pretty well, but all things considered, that was a big problem. And it's just, Man, it, it's it's been great. And like I said, every time Jefferson's one-on-one, not every time, but pretty much every time he's one-on-one, especially in, when they're actually trying to bracket him and trying to take you out, then almost every single time he's on, he's there, he's you know covered up. Of course, if we're up by three touchdowns or something, yeah, sure. Uh, someone will DM me that and be like, no, dude, you should You know what I'm saying. Go to him when it's one-on-one. You got him. He's going to make the right play. Um, but overall, I mean – this is nothing new, though. I keep hearing that a lot of people talked about these, la- you know, the not last week, but the two weeks where it was really bad, uh, short passing and dump down and dink and all that. Like I said, Cousins has been throwing the ball deep here and in Washington his whole career. You can't lead the league in 40-yard touchdowns if you're not throwing it deep. So the aggression, but also, like I said, that line improving a little bit in the second half. Man, it was just man. That was that was fun. That was that was damn good. And and you've even said he turned the corner this year. I mean, I think it's he's been playing lights out for twenty games almost. Almost, you're not going to play great every game, but if you look at what he did in the last twenty games, it's pretty freaking crazy. Lining up to our quarterbacks, I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame, okay? <laughs> um, but this year, he's he's looking like just this year. This year, he's a top ten quarterback. This year, top five, it's hard to ever put him there because he has limitations. But this year, this guy, and like I said, the last 10 games last year, it's just been been ridiculous. Um, any more items, though, sir, before we get to this, what should be a, what do you know, a very competitive game coming up at San Francisco? Well, no, I don't want to start a whole argument here or, or a whole discussion because we want to move on to San Francisco. But, you know, as well as Kirk has been playing, and you got to give him credit, it's a different animal this year, at least the last 20 games, like you said. We're still 5-5. Five and five. It's that gravitational pull to 500. That No, yeah, it's not all his fault. It's not this, but it just needs to be pointed out that, you know, we can't get away from 500 with Kirk Cousins and, and we need to. So maybe this is the year that that breaks. Now, San Francisco. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't. I was hoping to smooth right year, through that. Look at <laughs> Let me go right year. through it. No, no. Uh, look at the defense last year. You cannot put the record on Cousins 
last year being seven and nine. This year, tell me the game where we had garbage time. I'd like to know the game we had garbage time this year. He's putting up his best year with no garbage time whatsoever. Not one down of garbage time this year. Not one. We're not, he's not the five reason why five. we're five and five though. This year, you blame him for five and five. I do, I'm not blaming anyone. I just think it's a strange coincidence. Well, so he's turned the corner. He's done all this stuff. He has so many comebacks in the last two minutes. Basically, the stuff that in 2018 people were saying he couldn't do, he's now done so many of those things. At some point, we got to think he can do that at end of games because he's done it like seven times this year, maybe eight now. It just, it just gets a little like, really, dude? So we're 5-5. Five and five. If Cousins played a little better, we'd be 7. And I, I just don't – I don't know. I'll let you get the last word, though, and then, like you said, you're, you can go in the second. No, I mean, my point is just stands. That, you know, we started the season with Cousins at us at exactly 500, and we're still at exactly 500. That was my only point. But that's why that, that quarterback thing, that can be so misleading. I could give you so many quarterback records that you go, really? Holy shit. That doesn't make sense. Well, it's a team sport, like you said, you know? Okay, so. <laughs> Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Tickets are going for as low as $37 at Vivid Seats, just so you guys know out there. So it opened at like a two-and-a-half, Aaron, which is damn near a pick game, right, because of the three-point. And I think it's three-and-a-half at the pros in three in college. Um, it, it did push to three now, so they are favored by three. So, you know, it, it's right there. It's definitely right there. Um, we have a little bit of advantage on offense, um, not a major one. They have a little – you know, advantage on defense, not a major one. They stopped the run a little bit better. I'd say the biggest thing is they stopped the pass way better. If you look at this, we give up 273 through the air. They give up only 218. Um, and they've been, you know, they, they've been kind of weird. They had this, like, I think, 3-0 and start, then lost, like, three or four games in a row. And now they're kind of back up on it. Got a huge – two weeks ago, that Rams game was probably their best performance, period. But they beat them 31 to 10, Aaron. And then they followed it right back up 30 to 10 in Jacksonville. And, you know, beating Jacksonville, not a big deal there. But to follow that up, that, that really uh, kind of makes me think, man, I really wish they were kind of maybe two and two or something down the stretch. It seems like they're getting their shit together more like they were earlier in this year. So, um, you know, they, they're going to run the hell out of the ball. Uh, they got a better offensive line, obviously. doesn't take a whole lot, but they do. Um, in their defense, the, the front seven, you know, when we played them two years ago in 2019, in, in that year in general, what they did the next week to Rodgers as well, when that thing gets going on mm. defense, that front seven, they can really make you pay. And they want – you know, we talk about ball control. This year, we're really good at ball control, but – we're top 10 in running and passing this year, which is not normally always the case. So we're kind of a blend where they're still grinding out a ton of run. And they do these – they have, like, you know, not just that one tight end, but they do these little plays that just kind of move the chains. Then they'll strike deep. 
but only after play action. They obviously got a really crafty offensive-minded coach. Um, long story short, the Vikings are going to have their hands full with a very important 5-5 five and five squad here because, you know, when we start to go tiebreakers and all that, a lot of this comes down to how you do, you know, how you do in the NFC. And right now we're doing good in the NFC, but this is a game that's important because the Niners are right there behind us for the playoffs. I mean, this comes down to offensive line, defensive line. To me, this is where the game is at at this point. I mean, their front seven, like you said, is got to be one of the best in the league, and they're all first-round picks, and they're all big, and our offensive line is just not built for that. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be a – you know, because I thought we held up well against Green Bay, who's similar, but you don't got Joey Bosa in uh, Green Bay, or Nick Bosa, I guess. I can't tell which one of the Bosa's is which, but – one of the Boses is definitely there, and then you've got a bunch of guys on the inside, and uh, it's going to be a test for this offensive line, uh, much more than I think Green Bay was, and, and even Cleveland. I thought it's a game we can win because we've dealt with some offensive or some defensive lines that are pretty stout, but um, this is all four of them, and they're all good, and some good linebackers, and some tricks up their sleeve, and uh, I don't like it much, um, but I mean, offensively, you can move the pocket. You can do some things to get away from that, and they're going to have to do that screen game to keep them off balance. Uh, just the stuff that you do when you have great defense, when you're playing great defensive lines. And you know, I think Darisol will help, but he's going to have a big test against the Bosa kid. And um, you know, O'Neal the same. I mean, every one of those linemen are going to be tested, and we'll see how it works out. I hope Cole continues to play. I don't really want to see Bradbury again, although I do have a feeling we will. Um, you know. <laughs> This is a hard call, Chris. I think that's why, you know, they're three and a half favorites. I like the Vikings here, and I'm going to say just because of coming off the Green Bay game, let's hope they don't, you know, choke up and celebrate too much over beating <laughs> Green Bay at home. But, you know, I think they'll go down there and take care of business, but I don't think it'll be a blowout by any stretch, although it could be. I just don't think it will be. I think it'll be a close game, much like the Packer game. Um, similar offenses going at each other. I think our defense is good enough with Kendricks. Seems to play well in California. Barr, we got him back. Everybody seems mm. to leave healthy. Another week for Peterson's conditioning. So I think, you know, our defense has an edge uh, over their offense. Their defense has an edge over our offense. Just, you know, penalties, turnovers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I like the Vikings here probably by three. Vikings by three. Can you hear me right now? My yes, mic is Okay. Um, it's funny that you bring that up because I remember us talking about the Packer defense and obviously they were only giving up 18 points. That's when we had 16 and a half. I was like, wow, we're really doing better than I thought. Now, way better than we did against Cleveland. Um, but in the same breath, they decided not to go too deep on us. They decided not, they decided not to bracket Jefferson or anything like that. They were so confident in their defense that they said, and we've had these years too. Um, where they don't, you know, sometimes we didn't even blitz because we got so much pressure off the front four. But I don't think they're going to do that again. You know, I think they're going to take the deep ball away. Um, the last two weeks with Jefferson, this generally happens, too. When you have some hot weeks with the wide receiver, they take you out of it. What we got to do is take advantage of when he's doubled up, we got to take advantage of the other guys then. And it would be nice, um, you know, obviously – Thielen's going to be there, right? He's always making some, some key plays. And maybe from a positional standpoint where he could just, you know, B 
be that possession receiver. Um, Osborne, we're going to need Osborne to be a little more productive, and we got to target him a little bit more um, in this game. I actually, you know, it's hard this year <laughs> to pick him three straight times to win. I'm just going off, you know, historical context here, <laughs> especially in, especially this year, right? So. I picked them to win the last two, and I, I just I feel like I'm almost jinxing them by doing it, even though none of this shit counts for anything in the end of the day. But I actually have the Vikings losing this game, and it's twenty four to twenty or twenty three to nineteen twenty six. I think I wrote down twenty four twenty. There it is. Yeah, twenty four to twenty. Um, unfortunately, uh, going down to the Niners. But man, when you look at you know the next little run. Detroit is next week. Now, Pittsburgh's a good team, but we got them at home. Then we go on the road at Chicago, which, yeah, we have problems with their defense. Their linebacker, who always, you know, terrorizes us, he's done for the season, and their offense is just garbage, even with an improved play from the rookie. So when you look at these four games, let's just talk about this real quick. These four games – Two and two is doable in these four games, and it feels like a lot more doable than the last set of four that we went through. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I think they're going to beat the Niners. Um, Steelers, that's a tough defense, so let's say they lose the Steelers. You're going to beat the Lions, and you're going to beat the Bears. So there's three and one is what I'm thinking, Um, and I think that's pretty reasonable. I don't think that's going on on a ledge. I think – the Niners is the big game. If you win, you know, that's the difference between three and one and two and two. You beat the Niners, you can go three and one. You, you lose, you got to hope for two and two and 500 again. I mean, uh, I think they got to make a, a statement here. They've been playing well. Generally, they continue to do that. Once they find it, they tend to ride with it. That's kind of why I'm going with them in San Francisco, but you're right. I mean, it's, I'm not a hundred percent sure of it. And I like what you called on the, for the Niner game, but I think that's really the linchpin of the next four is that you beat the Niners, you know, you're, you can go three and one in this. I, I don't like the Lions are doing again. And like you said, the Bears offense is a hot mess. And that kind of the whole franchise right now is a hot mess. And the Steelers, you know, you got them at home. You got to hope you can key. beat them. You think the Steelers are? I, I think you well, can beat home, them. But. I'm saying at home, you know, at yeah. home, I feel better about potentially beating them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like three and one for the next four. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I, I think two and two is gotta be had and i think we got a good chance of three and one and hey it'll we'll be three and one if we win this week you know what i mean but what did we win four in a row last year we were one and five then one four in a row so we are definitely capable of it when we get going with zim that's usually he usually doesn't start good i mean even that year we went 13 three remember we were two and two and i remember that lions game is like 14 to seven i was like oh my god this is horrendous dude we're fucked you know so yeah once he gets it going you can't have a letdown i mean Yes. You gotta beat the Bears. You gotta beat the Lions. You can't give up any one of those two games. You should win them. You need to win them. And, you know, Vikings have an uncanny knack for giving up a game they shouldn't. And I just hope that doesn't happen again because then you go from three and one to two and two real quick. Yeah. You gotta battle back. Okay. Now let's get back to fight. You can only do that. You can only go back to the, the freaking same old stuff every day. You can't do that. You just can't do that. All right. So, so the Gophers bounce back very nicely. Um, very dominant win. Hey, what do you know? Our pass game was better this this week. Of course, uh, Aunt, you know, Bell was just 
making some catches that's just like, dude, I love this fucking guy. Um, and Morgan bounced back. We should, you know, mention that. I was a little hard on him. Uh, well, I don't think I was hard on him, but, you know. Now you eh, Well, he, he didn't play that good. So I, that's why I say he's not that hard. I wasn't hard on him. But, yeah, um, he he bounced back. He made some really good passes, dude. And he kind of showed you why, you know, he, he's still the guy, no doubt about it. Now, of course, it was against, you know, a, a club that is just probably the most injured in the whole country or top Ten at least, but still, a win is a win. And now, Aaron, it's time to beat Bucky. You know, we we've heard about the four way tie. Two way tie hurts us. We're screwed. But a four way tie then becomes a round robin for the folks that don't know at home. And we beat Purdue. And if we beat Wisconsin, then we beat two out of three in that round robin. Whereas Iowa already lost to Purdue and Wisconsin. So. Iowa, though, because it's Thanksgiving time, they play on Friday against Nebraska without Martinez. So that one hurts a little bit. They they played really good, uh, pretty damn good against uh, Wisconsin last weekend, almost won that game. So I think they were very capable of beating Iowa this week, and it's one of those spoiler things where a team that, talk about losing by seven points or less, they've lost a ton of those. And it mm. actually fit me under the spread. Last week they were underdogs by 12, and they ended up you know, sneaking underneath that against the Badgers and, and battled it. I'm a little worried about Martinez, but since he's been there, and you mentioned this before we got on air, since he's been there so long, they probably have a guy ready or close to. So, And maybe you can just spring him on him. And it's like, whoa, we're not used to seeing that or whatever. And Martinez has played so long that the guy has and they've been in so many tight games talking about garbage time he hasn't had a lot of time to play the guy behind him so what i do know is friday we'll already know the scenario we're in but in the end just getting the axe would do it for me dude regardless of how this turns out that's like a huge bowl win to close the season well every year i mean that really is the game um and it comes down to it and it's like you know you're right you want to win the rest of the games but Beating Wisconsin's huge here, and, and, and Wisconsin likes to play it off like it doesn't mean anything to them, but we all know that it does. And, uh, you know, about the Iowa-Nebraska game, yeah, it's hard to bet against Iowa against Nebraska, but, you know, like you said, Nebraska played really well against Wisconsin. Uh, they could spring a quarterback if they have one, or they could come up with some stuff. It's their last game, too, and, you know, stranger things have happened, so you want that to go the right way. But, you know, it's probably not very probable, so you're going to find yourself in, in an interesting situation. But, you know, speaking about next year, it's the West is going to be – I mean, Nebraska's improving. Illinois is improving. It's going to be a bloodbath next year in the West. Uh, you, there's not going to be any easy games there. And, uh, you know, it's just that's next year. But uh, – I think it, we're a better conference uh, with Nebraska being good, and and let's hope that that's the case. And let's hope they start it uh, this week and, and beat Iowa. I mean, that would be a huge game for us. And then, really, you're hyped up for Bucky on Saturday, and you just got to beat them. I mean, it would beat them again within the last four years. Now we have an actual rivalry. If you lose again, you know you're still kind of clawing at number one, and that's you know not a good space to be. So let's. Hope they get a win. I think they can do it. Uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, but everybody's healthy, Chris. All the receivers are back and healthy. Uh, your backs have come along fairly well. 
for being freshmen. Uh, Lucy, your line, Lucy. Your line Lucy is your line. Coming in. I don't think you're, you know, you're, I don't think you're oversized anymore. Uh, defensively, you might be out quicked, but, you know, they don't really have a lot of, I mean, Mertz has improved his play, but he's still prone to making mistakes. So oh, you yeah. have a chance to win this game. Um, and it'd be so nice if you did, because that puts you, whether the Iowa Nebraska game goes your way or the other way, uh, you beat Wisconsin and get another win, proves your bowl chances and, and all that other stuff. So you got to beat them and just feel good to beat the Packers and then beat the Badgers. Yeah. Could you imagine back to back weeks? You're right. I mean, it's, it's, well, you got a chance at nine wins with the bowl game recruiting. You take that shit around in the spring and the summer on the gopher float or whatever they call it. You know, they go around all over the, the state and everything. That would be big. I'm definitely going to go down to that case and take a picture with it if we get that done. But the reason why I'm not we, – we do need – what they've won, I think, seven in a row now. And the reason why I'm a little skeptical, because you're right, Mertz hasn't had these great games. They've just been grinding, and they've been running the shit out of the ball, go figure. But they're up to, like, 220 now per game. And the problem, problem is they only give up, like, 50 or 60 a game. Now, we're going to get that, but their defense, you have Georgia – and you might have the Badgers. It's that good this year. So that in, in, in maybe, like I was saying, loosey-goosey, maybe we'll come in there a little more loosey-goosey and open up the playbook like we did last week a little bit more and and say, well, in the end, who gives a shit? Like, why don't we throw the ball a little bit more play action, you know? So their defense is so nasty, though. Iowa's was damn good, but this one's different. This is like top five in the country. So I'm, a, I'm not going to predict them to win. But, man, that would be such a good way to end uh, the season, no doubt, the regular season anyway. Any last words before we uh, wrap this puppy up, sir? Well, I just think it's cool that in the last maybe five years, Chris, the the prominence of this game is nationally has really gone up. Like, everybody's aware of it now. Like, when we were coming up, it was Minnesota-Wisconsin, it was like, you know, a regional rivalry. But now that it's, I don't know who pumped it up, maybe ESPN or, or whoever, but now it's a big deal. You hear people from Pennsylvania talking about the, the Axe game, and uh, it wasn't even called the Axe game before that. Now it's now it's got a name. So I think it's pretty cool that the rest of the country is kind of aware of this rivalry, and, and it's the oldest rivalry in college football, and it's kind of cool that it gets the attention it deserves now. Yeah, especially big-time college football. Uh, I think uh, Harvard and Yale or whatever is the longest, but yeah, dude. The Michigan one too, but I love the fact that we play every year, and I love. I hope they never change us that they they have it at the end of the year every every time. That that I love that. Oh, it makes it so much more weighted at times. Where mm-hmm. you're just like, you know, it's like God. It's not only beating Wisconsin, but there's all this other stuff attached to it. Just makes it so much better. Yep, and it's rivalry week, so why not have it the last game, right? And I think part of that, Aaron, is because in 2014. 2019 and this year we were knocking at the door of the conference final so i think that kind of plays into what you're saying as far as the rivalry heating up even more and we're actually you know making it like oh we gotta we gotta kind of worry about it anyway let's hope we double dip uh as far as you know the bikes in the gophers we'll definitely be back next monday peace out with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.